and welcome to the Christian Formation Podcast. I'm Raven, and I'm here with Andrew, one of our pastors at Providence Church, and Steve, our musical worship director. The goal of this podcast is to form disciples that live all of life with the presence of God, and we do this through conversations about theology, culture, and stories. Today, we're discussing the doxology and the benediction. Something I just realized, can I let everybody in on a little secret? Yeah. So... We are, if all things go according to plan, I just realized this is scheduled to come out right after my 31st birthday. So no when this way. comes out, I'll be 31. Wow. Can you believe it? Dude, that's crazy. Old. <laughs> Dude, that's crazy to think a year's flown by. I was, I think, in the process of joining staff when you turned 30. I know. And that doesn't huh. seem and now I'm 31. Like you, that long ago. You'll have been here for over, no, right out of year. Yeah. Didn't you come in September? Yeah, that's crazy. What Maybe monumental you'll still thing? still be 24. I'll still be 24. Yeah, that's true. Wait, you're 24? Yeah. No. Wow. Yes. How old do you think really? I was? I thought you were older than that. Stop. I thought I was joking. Stop. I like 26. No, they normally make jokes about me being the youngest or the child. I thought I was doing family. that. I didn't know that you were actually 24. That's crazy. Yeah. I feel very young, especially because I feel like everyone here starts talking about having kids and being married. And I just got married. I'm 24. Yeah, Although Sydney, our kids director, she's younger than me. She's young too. Crazy. Yeah. yeah Maybe by the time this podcast comes out, you'll be pregnant. Oh my word. <laughs> you'll be pregnant. say that. No. Okay. Moving on. <laughs> Today, we're wrapping up our series by talking about our final elements to our Sunday liturgy, the doxology and the benediction. And I'm super excited to talk about this because this was something that I didn't know about until I came to Providence. Steve, did you guys sing the doxology or have a benediction in the other churches that you worked at? No, we didn't. We didn't sing the doc. We didn't do either. Really? Um, but because of all staff, you know, the City Light family getting together once a month, mm-hmm. uh, I knew that Providence's thing was singing a doxology at the end of anything. They Like after a gathering, they would sing it. So, But to answer your question, no. What was your initial thought when you like knew that we did that? I did. I thought it was sweet. I thought it was awesome that there was something that you guys ended with that you guys did in unison together. And it was just a staple. I thought it was beautiful, honestly. Yeah. How did you decide to start doing that, Andrew, you and Jared? The doxology first that actually came, well, Steve and I were on a trip the year before we planted Providence to Thailand. And we noticed that we, we went to a couple different churches and they would sing the doxology at the end. And so I remember talking to one of the missionaries, and they said that throughout Thailand, almost every church will sing the doxology at the end of the service. Mm. And so then I did a little bit of research, and churches just, again, historically, since the the song was written, would use it either somewhere in the service every single time, or they would sing it toward the end. And so two things that it kind of made us desire that we want, why we wanted to do it was, one, when we sing it every single Sunday morning, we can know there's obviously a time difference, but that that Sunday morning across the mm. world, Christians are singing the exact same mm. thing. And it's just a reminder that, oh yeah, we're not in this all alone. Mm. Like what we're doing is not the only thing God's doing in the world. He has people all around the world and it's a small tiny way that somehow kind of connects us. The more like theological reason behind it though, is that the song is basically, which we'll get into I'm sure, but is basically calling people, well, calling the world essentially to praise God and that Mm. what we do is praising the triune God. And so we thought, man, after this whole service where we're praying and we're singing and we're hearing from God's word and it's preached to us and all these different things, we end that time by just saying, man, at the end of the day, 
praise God from whom all blessings flow, you know, and mm. we just end it that way, which just theologically, it's just a good reminder for us that no matter everything that just happened is because God is so good and so mm. gracious to call us to worship him, to speak to us, to hear us when mm. we speak to him and we just praise him for it. Right. Mm. So if you're listening to this and you don't know what a doxology is, so you don't go to Providence, it is a song that we sing at the end of our gathering. It definitely does sound like it has roots back to our church fathers because (laughs) it is different. I mean, we sing it without any instruments. Doxology means a liturgical expression of praise to God. Doxology is Greek, but doxa logos is Greek for glory and speaking. So it really is just meaning again, praising God through speaking. So we're giving him glory and praise. So Andrew, where did the doxology come from? It was written by a man named Thomas Ken in the late 1600s. He wrote it and I think it was the ending verse of another song. And I think he actually wrote it as the ending verse for a few other songs. And it Mm -hmm. finally took its final form in 1709. So that's when it like kind of, they changed some lyrics and that's what we have today. Mm. Uh, And so 1700, basically, uh, we got this song that from literally that point forward, it was a part of other songs, but it kind of became its own thing because it's just such a, which we maybe we'll go through it in a second, but it's four lines, but it's just so beautifully written as just a praise to God Mm. that it just kind of stuck for the church. And so again, a lot of different traditions and different like parts of Christianity will sing it every single week as just a reminder because it's just a a beautiful, compact way Mm. of praising God. Yeah. Mm. As I was researching this, I kept thinking to myself, why is this song that Thomas Ken created years and years and decades ago still prevalent today? Because we don't see anything about a doxology in scripture, right? Believe it or not, there's doxologies in scripture. Steve, give us one or two of them. So Paul in Romans, after he takes 11 chapters to explain the gospel, in chapter 11, verse 33, he gives us a doxology. So after all this theology, him explaining the gospel, what it's accomplished in our lives and what it means, he ends with a doxology or he, he, he just bursts into this song of praise he says, Oh, the depth of the riches and the wisdom and knowledge of God, mm. how unsearchable are his judgments and how inscrutable his ways for who has known the mind of the Lord or who has been his counselor or who has given a gift to him that he might be repaid for from him and through him and to him are all things to him be glory forever. Amen. So after him meditating on all these things, he's like, man, God, there's no one wiser than you. There's no one more powerful than you. Mm. He just bursts into the song and he gives all the glory back to him. Mm. Throughout the Psalms, we see David giving praise to God. Are those all doxologies? How is this different than that? Yeah, I think they are doxological, (laughs) which is like, they are like songs of Praise is essentially what we're getting at. So Steve just read the one in in Romans 11. There's a ton of Psalms of Psalms of praise, just praising an attribute of God or Psalm 150. The whole thing ends by just this command, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Uh, In Jude, there's another one. Uh, I'll read this as Jude verses 24 and 25. It says, now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you blameless before the presence of his glory with great joy, To the only God, our Savior, through Jesus Christ, our Lord, be glory, majesty, dominion, and authority before all time, now and forever. Amen. Mm -hmm. Mm. So there's these, these, you notice that's different than Romans 11, but it's the same idea. It's, It's different than some of the Psalms and the wording, but it's the same idea. So when we talk about a doxology, it's not 
a specific wording that's the thing. It's actually just a song of praise that we're saying. So hmm. this doxology has just become one of, like I said before, the like most succinct and clearest ways to sing it. And hmm. so I think that's why it kind of stuck. But it's not those words that make it the doxology. To be a doxology is just to be singing praise mm. to God. That's mm. just one of the best ones that's clear and easy to sing. Mm. Mm. So would you say that's one of the primary reasons we sing it at the end of our gathering? Because it ascribes praise to the Lord. And it's also one of the most succinct ones that's been used throughout history. I think are, we're also trying to follow, correct me if I'm wrong, like the pattern of the New Testament like epistles. Like they usually a doxology comes right at the end of their letter. And so mm. we in some ways want to follow that pattern and end with a praise. Yeah. And I mean, the one that you just gave in Romans 11 is a great example of you hear or you think of, or you write something that God does. that's amazing. And the right response is you praise him for it. So you think mm. about this whole gathering. We just spent maybe 75 minutes thinking about God, praying to God, hearing from God. What's the right response? We praise mm. him for that's it. Good. So that's kind of why we're trying to end the gatherings that way is to, is to praise him and to remind our own hearts that all of this, this everything that we just did. So think about if you go to, if someone's listening, you go to Providence, I want you to you know put yourself in that position where you're actually singing the doxology at the end of the service. What we're trying to get people to think is that everything that just happened and now everything I'm about to go do should be encapsulated under mm. this idea of me praising God. Mm. So it wasn't just That's this... Cool you know, thing mm. that we just mustered up for the last hour to get you excited about God. You know, it was God's grace and his gift that he just did all this. And now that we go out into the world, what should we be doing? We should praise him. And so it's a, it's kind of a, in some ways, almost like a, a, a song of gratitude mm. of thank you, God, for just speaking to us, for actually being here with us. And it's singing to ourselves. Now that I go out, we're going to praise him for mm. who he is and what he does. Mm. Yeah, that's good. And the other reason, honestly, that this isn't as maybe compelling, but the other reason we do it at the end is because that's what we experienced in these churches in Thailand. And part of the mm. goal of this was to connect ourselves with people that um, are Christians in other parts of the world. And so uh, that was just another way to do that is yeah. to cap the, the gatherings that way. Mm. Mm. That's good. So maybe is it helpful for somebody uh, either who's at Providence and they sing it every week, but they never really think about the lyrics much? or somebody who maybe doesn't go to Providence and has no idea what we're talking about. Steve, could you just kind of help walk us through the song? I mean, it's four lines. So just help us walk through what is the song actually saying and and why is it saying that? Like, what's good about this song? So we're praising God. So it says, praise God from whom all blessings flow. So all the, the riches that I have in the heavenly places, the forgiveness of God, the grace of God, mercy of God, the fact that I'm in this family, those blessings come from God. So we're saying, everything that I have, Lord, is from you. All the spiritual realities, all the, even my material blessings are from you. So we praise God. And then we call all of creation to worship yeah. and we say, all creatures here below. Mm. And then even the heavenly hosts, we call them to praise God too. So there's this picture of God is so worthy of praise that all of creation must join in on this song and praise him. Yeah. So praise him, all creatures here below and creatures above. And then we sing and we thank the triune God and we say, 
Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Mm. Our God is one. There's three persons in our God. And so we, we realize that they've all had a hand, I guess you want to say, in our redemption story. The Father sends the Son. The Son gives His life and the Spirit opens our eyes to it. And so we praise our triune God. And then, amen. It's crazy. I didn't notice this right away until I thought more about the song. But yeah, those two middle lines where it says, you know, praise God, all creatures here below and praise Him above ye heavenly hosts. I was just thinking about that. Like in that song, we are saying everything that is here and created and seen, praise the Lord. Everything mm-hmm. that is of supernatural, like the angels and the beings above, praise the Lord. There's no space in existence mm-hmm. that should not praise the Lord. And that's what we're calling them to. I mean, that's like a, it's yeah. just crazy. I mean, you're saying in two short little lines that everything should be praising the God who gives us all things and the God who is three in one, which is kind of the sandwich, mm-hmm. you know, on the end. So it's, it's just, yeah, it, it's a, it's a beautiful like imagery to think about as the church. When we sing that we are calling the whole world to praise the Lord. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Okay. So that's toward the end to kind of cap our gathering, but then why do we have a benediction that follows? Why not just leave it at praise of God and then leave to return home? A benediction just means blessing. And we want to end with that because again, we're trying to follow the New Testament pattern. After Paul or Peter or whoever writes a letter in the New Testament, they usually end with a blessing, a reminder of the favor that God has on them before they take off. This is a great thing, I think, for people to leave with, a reminder that they will always be in the grace of God and that they have peace because mm-hmm. of that truth. Yeah, I think the benediction, it is just a blessing, mm-hmm. like you said. So it's pronouncing a blessing on God's people. Okay, so to me, this is just mm-hmm. another marker of God's goodness to his people in that he calls us, come and worship me. We worship him, we hear from him, and we sing the doxology, we say we praise him, but we end that God is still the one who blesses us. Like it's mm-hmm. it's ultimately all about God. I mean, everything from, we talked about the call to worship weeks ago, like from him calling us into worship him to the very last thing before we leave is the Lord like blessing us and showing Mm -hmm. us his favor. And we remind people of that, that you actually have the favor of the Lord with you. And it just reminds us of the goodness of God and that all of our worship is about him. So even when we end our part with the doxology, that's the last thing that we as a church will say God's still like, he's still the last voice. He still blesses us then, or he calls Mm -hmm. us to go. And so the idea of a benediction, again, if this is new to you, we didn't just come up with this ourselves. So the the first benediction that we see is in Numbers chapter six. So this is Old Testament, Numbers chapter six, uh, verses 22 through 27. This is what it says. The Lord spoke to Moses saying, speak to Aaron, who is the priest and his son saying, Thus you shall bless the people of Israel, you shall say to them. So this is when the people of Israel are gathered. This is what Aaron does at the end of their gathering, essentially. This is what he's supposed to say and bless them with. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. Mm -hmm. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. And then it ends by saying this, so shall they put my name upon the people of Israel and I will bless them. So there's this idea that somebody who's leading the gathering in this time period, it's Aaron, who's the priest. He is, as verse 27 says, he's like putting the name of the Lord on these people. He's saying, you are with the Lord. So in the New Testament, we know we are united to Christ. So our Mm -hmm. benedictions are in Christ. It's this blessing Mm -hmm. that you have in Christ. You put the name upon them 
and God blesses them. Mm. And just think, I mean, that's just a crazy picture of, think about all the different stories of people that walk in on a Sunday morning and we have people that are struggling, are doubting, Mm. are caught in sin, are depressed, are anxious. And he ends by saying, I am with you, like I'm uniting myself to you and I'm going to bless you. And that's what we want people to leave with reminding that as we're praising God, we're also receiving the favor and blessing of God all in Christ, Mm. which is amazing. So that's kind of why we end there. Dude, I love what you were saying that our gathering starts with God's call for us to worship him, a reminder that he still wants us to come to him and draw near to him. And then it ends with his blessing again. It's like, we start with God's call and we end with his blessing. It all has to do with him. I love that. Yeah. Mm. It's really good. It is good. Is there a certain formula to a benediction? If someone just said, go in peace, is that still a benediction? How do you normally go about that? I don't think there's a specific formula or words that you have to use. I think if you want to say the blessing from number six, that's a pretty good one yeah. that you could say. Yeah. Um, there's also one in Second Corinthians 13, verse 14. It says, The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And that's a benediction that Paul ends with in Corinthians. And we see... I mean, you get to see the the triune God, so Jesus, like all, all these pieces come together. And the idea is that we would be blessed with our like fellowship with them. So I think the idea is that we want to remind people, like Steve said, of the blessing that they have of their union with God mm. and that he is actually for them and has favor on them. I don't think there's like, you have to say it either in number six or here we see in second Corinthians, it's worded differently. It's the same idea, but it's worded differently. Mm -hmm. So I don't think you have to have a certain formula so long as you're getting across that God is with you and that he is in some sense, like blessing you and you have God's favor because Mm -hmm. you are in Christ. So if you can say that in three words, like that's great. If you need a sentence or two, that's great. Mm -hmm. We often change it up. So we don't say the same thing every single time. So I don't think you have to, but I think you want to get that meaning across. Yeah. What's the loss of a church if you don't do that, if we don't end the gathering that way? Well, if you end with the doxology instead... I mean, it's great. You're praising God, giving him glory at the end. But there's something about the benediction reminding you or it being God's blessing over you. There's something about that being the very end that I think is way more powerful. Because again, I mean, you're starting with the call, God's call over you to worship him. And you're ending with his word, starting and ending with his word. I think there's something powerful about that rather than ending with something that we do unto him. Mm. There have been times where a member of our church, Aaron Haydenfeld, when he's led worship, when I haven't, and I've just been in the congregation. Well, you always are, even when you're singing or leading the singing. But when I've been not on the platform and he's read a benediction, and it's just been a blessing to my soul for the last thing that I hear to be something about what's true of me in Christ or that the fact that God's blessing his love, his peace or his fellowship will go with me wherever I go. Mm. There's something powerful about that. Um, I think, I don't know, is encouraging, gives me confidence to, to scatter, to, to go to the place that God's called me to. So I, I don't know. That's me just processing out, thinking out loud, but I, I think you miss out on, yeah, God's final, or God's like having the final word before you scatter. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. I always think of commissioning as a synonym to the word benediction. Are they the same? Like in a way, you're blessing us, but are you also sending us out? 
unto the world? I mean, kind of yes and no. Okay. So a benediction, like, so being told the Lord is with you and that he blesses you, he's for you, in some ways does send you out. But we also some weeks maybe prioritize the sending out more mm-hmm. than the blessing. So it's more of a commissioning of, okay, this is what the Lord's word said to us this week. Let yeah. us go this week in this way or doing this thing. And mm-hmm. so we always end our gatherings with a scripture. So whether that's more of a benediction or more of a commissioning that ties to the scripture that we preached on that week. There's always something at the end that's God's word, like Steve said. His word gets the final say. And so we actually do kind of separate them a little bit. The benediction is more of just a blessing over the people. A commissioning is is a little bit more prioritizing the sending out and like what the Lord is calling us to go do. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah. So when do you prioritize sending people out then? Shouldn't we do that every week? But there are just times when the sermon... It's so weird to say say this, but I think really calls for action. Like times when it's, um, for example, like a missions sermon or something. Mm -hmm. I feel like after a sermon like that, I don't know, it calls for a commissioning. Remember, okay, you are the kingdom of God. You have a mission. Mm -hmm. So now go out and do this in the spaces that you go to live this way, share the gospel. I think sometimes the sermon, the theme of the liturgy sometimes gives its way to, we feel the freedom to end with a commissioning so that that's the final thought before they leave rather than a benediction. I think our heart behind it is that the Lord's word gets the final word in our gathering. Mm. And I think either way, either it's calling us to something Mm. or reminding us of Mm. who we are in Christ. Either way, way. the core thing is that the Lord's word gets the final word. And usually, so you think about a sermon or even like sometimes when we do things you know, different elements of our gathering. We're probably calling people to something or some sort of application, or we're reminding them of the blessings that we have in Christ. So it's not like this is the only time we do that. So I think our heart behind it is just that the service will end with the Lord's word being the final word. I guess we don't really have a conviction to say it has to be one or the other, but something along those lines of either his word sending us out or his word reminding Mm. us of his blessing that he's given us. Yeah. Yeah. So in closing, for people that are just now starting to think about the doxology and the benediction, what do you want them to focus on the next time that they hear them in our gathering? With the doxology, I would say, remember that you are singing this along with people for hundreds of years and people all around the world. And that should connect us. So even when we're singing for all creatures and all heavenly hosts to praise God, know that there's somebody in Bangkok, Thailand, Mm. 12 hours earlier or whatever, that's calling the same creation and the same angels to sing to the same God. And so I think that's a humbling thing and it puts you a part of the story like we've talked about in other podcasts. And I think just, yeah, with the doxology specifically, man, it just helps us to get our eyes on the bigness and the glory and the majesty of God Mm. and to remember that he is so gracious that we get to hear from him and sing to him and praise him. Mm. And then with the benediction, I would say, think about the fact that our gathering started with God's word. So God's word calls us to worship, but then the benediction, we're ending with God's word over us. Thank you for joining us today. That was our final episode on the series over our Sunday liturgy. But we have more coming next week, so join us then. Again, the goal of the Christian Formation Podcast is to form disciples that live all of life with the presence of God. 
And we do this through conversations about theology, culture, and stories. If you want to find out more about us, check us out at ProvidenceOmaha.org or shoot us an email at formation at ProvidenceOmaha.org with any podcast topics, comments, or questions. See you next week.